Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 76, Tips and Treats. My name is Pete and joining me tonight is Tom. How you doing Pete? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop and men, let's do Disney. So what's new with you? Glad to be back after having to skip a week due to some travel schedules. And college basketball. College basketball, yep, NCAA tournaments in full swing. Hopefully your national champion you picked is still alive. So unfortunately Matt is not going to be able to join us tonight. But again, we will soldier on without him and hope he can rejoin us next week. So tonight we're going to go through our favorite things to eat and drink at Disney World. When Tom and I were talking about this, We decided that this can literally be anything. If you can get it at a Disney park, be it at a quick service restaurant, be it at a full service restaurant, be it at a little snack shop, be it at a snack cart, be it at a bar. If you can buy it at Disney World somewhere, it's fair game for us to talk about tonight. And I think we've both got a list that kept growing as we thought about it. And I think there were a lot of things that were really hard for us to cut. So we'll go through those here in just a little bit. Before we get into that, Tom, what news do we have this week? Well, catching up on a little bit of last week's news, and and forewarning, we are recording this one a touch early for this week, so I did get some of the most recent news, but there may be more to come out as the week progresses. Starting in Epcot, Awesome Planet is coming soon to Epcot. Uh, earlier last week, Disney had announced Awesome Planet, which will be a brand new original film specifically designed for Epcot, will uh, we'll release at, uh, at the Epcot Park. This film's an on-screen exploration of the realm that we call home. It'll showcase the spectacular beauty and diversity and the dynamic story of our Earth. It'll have spectacular nature photography, immersive in-theater effects, and space sequences created by none other than the industrial light and magic. Awesome Planet will stir Epcot guests and deliver an environmental message that will resonate far beyond its final scenes. Pretty vague description, but nonetheless this is exciting. I think it'll align with the overall theme of the Land Pavilion. Would not be surprised if it lands in the Lion King-themed room where there was the Circle of Life film. But th- there's not many details past that. Yeah, that's that's where I've heard that it's going to be going, is where Circle of Life was. Staying in Epcot, moving over to the World Showcase, it looks like there's a new quick um, and table service, really. It's going to be both. A hybrid restaurant that will be coming to the France Pavilion. There's not a ton of detail on this. It is an unnamed hybrid quick and table service restaurant. Uh, it'll be arriving in France, as I mentioned. It'll be the same chef that has done Chef's de France. Uh, and it'll be a celebration of gourmet cuisine, uh, similar to what you find at you know the other restaurants and quick service locations there in France. It'll feature a menu inspired by the Brittany region of France and will have sweets and savory items both on the menu. We know the France Pavilion has plenty of places to eat. This will actually be the fifth dining location of the Pavilion, if you can believe that. But it'll be a nice addition to the lineup with a very simple menu that has very familiar options. I think France is one of the more well-done pavilions, and everyone likes this style of food. So, I mean, more restaurants, yes, it will continue to be a little more crowded, but hopefully... It helps to slow down some of the lines, especially during the quick service hours where people are going into France. Going over to Magic Kingdom, we've mentioned plenty of times on the podcast that Magic Kingdom has a guest experience team that was temporary. Well, that is now permanent. If, if you're new to our podcast, essentially what that guest experience team does, they were kind of deployed into the Magic Kingdom during the holiday season to help guests make the most of their day. 
primarily assisting them with booking and modifying and recovering fast pass selections, navigating and utilizing the My Disney Experience app, and using their magic bands. I think there's been such a positive return on this that Disney has confirmed that these special cast members who can be found wearing blue shirts in the Main Street USA, Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, and Adventureland will be sticking around. I can give you a brief story on an experience we had where we our My Disney Experience app wasn't necessarily pulling our reservations and our plans correctly. We had to walk all the way to the front of the park, and we were in Adventureland, I think. Uh, so it is nice that now they are in, and you can find them throughout Magic Kingdom. It does save you some time. Well, and this would have been really handy with, with that Be Our Guest issue that we had, where we the dining plan wasn't linked. We ended up having to walk all the way over to guest services at Main Street, and then walk all the way back over to Be Our Guest, and it, and it still wasn't fixed. So yeah, having that cast member there would have helped a lot. Absolutely. Moving over to Hollywood Studios, there's a new dance party announced for Disney's Hollywood Studios. I feel like every podcast we have a new dance party announced. This one will be themed, um, you can hear my deep sigh because I'm not overly excited for him, but it's kind of a Pixar-themed dance party uh, with the roster of the movie Cars. So Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy will be opening uh, beginning next week. The DJ's Ready, Ready, Set, Party Time dance party will be held several times a day. It'll feature Lightning McQueen's pit crew, getting everyone around the DJ engaged in entertaining Cars-inspired dances and games. This is not replacing, but it's in addition to the already present Incredibles-themed dance party that happens every day in the former Pixar Studios area of the park. I, I don't know why these are popular. Maybe if I was a kid, there'd be something I loved. I mean, there are people that typically participate in them, but it's not like you're getting pictures with the characters or autographs. So it's... I don't know, maybe it's a great place for kids to get their energy out. Uh, staying in Hollywood Studios, this one's kind of big news. If I'll start with the, the topic. It's tra- Disney's kind of transforming the Grand Avenue into a big giant queue. Which we knew was coming, right? I mean, that, that was the whole point of this to, to begin with. You know, if you, if you experienced Pandora, the world of Avatar during its opening weeks, you probably would re- recall when Disney had to use a bridge to this land from Discovery Island as a holding area. Disney is kind of going to do the same thing with Grand Avenue. This bridge was natural for the guests to wait outside for Pandora. Uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios doesn't necessarily have something like that. And so they are transforming Grand Avenue, which was kind of the pop-up land that replaced Muppet's Courtyard, and, and it surrounds Muppet Vision 3D. It'll become one of the main entry points for guests wanting to venture into Galaxy's Edge. Work is now underway on a number of preparations that'll make Grand Avenue suitable for giant gatherings of people. We've discussed in previous podcasts that Disney had blocked off the former speeder bike photo op. That probably is in anticipation for this because they're trying to widen the paved areas of this land to make it more suitable as a, I mean, like a holding pen, I guess, for guests. This is what we talk about when we say we're a little nervous for Galaxy's Edge because Disney's going to be tapping into a totally different fan base that, I mean, as, as diehard as Disney friends as we are, there's times thousands of us that are diehard Star Wars fans. And this is what worries me. You know, you look at what they're doing at Disneyland. They have a timed return system. So when you check into your Disney resort, you get a time. This is your time to go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. They're not doing that at uh, at Disney World. So yeah, this is going to be one giant queue. And if it's anything like Pandora was, it's going to be one in, one out for a long time. So you're going to be waiting for groups of guests to leave the land before you can go in. I don't know. This is, we'll see what it, we'll see what it's like. I mean, that's not, I know they're widening that area and they're taking some steps to make it into a queue pretty much. 
it's not a really huge area right now. There's not a whole lot back there. There's the baseline tap room is there, so good luck getting into there anytime in the near future. But you know, that's the thing. It's like it'd be nice to be able to walk in there and grab a beer, grab a bite to eat, but I mean, that's gonna be flooded with people doing the same exact thing. So we will have continuing reports on this because we're we're inside the, you know, every week news type window. So we'll continue to monitor this and anything we learn, we'll share on the podcast. Moving over to uh, Animal Kingdom, Rafiki's Planet Watch is officially going to be opening once again this summer. And so this was, um, I guess, rumored that maybe it was going to go away. We didn't know what was happening with it. Uh, it. It has kind of been not available for an intermediate amount of time here. But Disney has released a statement that they are anticipating the reopening of the attraction in spring of 2019. Not sure what the actual date is but i would assume in the near future and they would have some special editions to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the lion king they certainly will not wait and open this after the lion king the new movie has come out Uh, so i would anticipate seeing this in the near future then our last piece of news falls under our general and resort news category that we have Uh, misner's lounge at disney's grand Floridian resort will be expanding during an upcoming refurbishment that will be kicking off Next month, and by the time this podcast releases, it'll be right around the corner. I believe it'll close April 4th and begin the expansion. Not totally sure what all this will entail, uh, but it is the project is expected to be completed later this fall. So that's all I had for the news, unless you have something you want to add, Pete. I do. I got a couple other things. The first is at Disney Springs. The NBA experience will be opening August 12th. I forgot to mention that. It'll be in, con- yep, that's that's on me. So there's, there's a ton of information out there about what it's going to entail. This is, of course, replacing Disney Quest. It's been under construction for a couple of years now. But um, I, I'd imagine, you know, it's going to be kind of a basketball-themed Disney Quest. There'll be attractions, that kind of thing in there. It's not going to be video games, but I'm sure you'll get to dunk and you'll get to take pictures and there'll be merchandise and all that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll see what this is. Uh, but that opens August 12th at Disney Springs. The other thing, well, two other things. Another another piece of news at Disney Springs is that supposedly there is a frozen VR experience coming to the void in November-ish. So late fall, early winter. And we're not sure if this is going to replace Wreck-It Ralph or if this is going to replace the Star Wars experience, but it is expected to replace one of those two. So... I guess same premise other than you're going to be inside Frozen instead of being inside Star Wars or inside Wreck-It Ralph. And then the other thing, Dinosaur is starting to close an hour before park close. Now, Dinosaur has always opened about an hour, hour and a half after park open. So I think what they're doing now is they're just opening it with park open and they're closing it an hour before the park closes. I would imagine that's due to people. And getting people out of that area of the park. But we can speculate and say Indiana Jones is slowly making its way in, even though that's not true. Yeah, I sincerely doubt that. I think they're just shifting the shifting the times around a little bit. So the overall operating time is going to be the same. It's just going to open earlier and close earlier as well. But other than that, I think that's all the news we've got. So let's pause for just a minute to hear from our sponsor. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. 
You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, well, let's roll into some food and drinks here. How do you want to go through this? Do you I don't know that I can put these in order because I don't know that there's anything on this list that I really want to put ahead of anything else. Let's just, no order, just run through it. Just roll through it. Just one to ten. This is not in any order from favorite to least favorite because I'm kind of with you. I mean, I, there's at least there's at least three or four on your list and five on mine that I would claim could be the number one spot. So. And, and what I would say is that, look, if you if you're going to Disney World, you want to try to hit all these up. I don't think there's a single thing on here that other than maybe one of my beers that people are going to look at and say, oh, well, that's just gross. I can't I can't stand that. Let's let's roll through it. You want to you want to start? Yeah, I can start. And this is going to come at, at no surprise from our listeners. Tipsy Ducks and Love is a, a drink I brag about. We've had our Twitter following, who you know, our, some of our. Loyal listeners have tried the drink and totally agreed. I don't know that I've actually had a negative review with anyone who's gone to Disney World with me and given this drink a try. Well, I mean, it's bourbon, chocolate, coffee, and tea, and what cream. Just, like, right, how do you what go you wrong? Said, what you, the bourbon scares some people away. And, and you have to make sure that you don't let that scare you away. And it's not a super strong drink, I, I wouldn't say. It's, it's not like you're drinking this drink that just tastes like bourbon. It's it's very well made, and I think I've almost perfected the recipe for it. I will tell you this: watch, and and I'm someone who prefers bourbon over any other, any other kind of alcohol, but do watch how they make the drink because sometimes they pour the bourbon right on top, what, what, which I would call a floater, and the top of the drink is going to taste horrible. The the bottom of the drink is going to taste great. So give it a, give it a good stir and make sure that you get a consistent flavor throughout. Yeah, I I agree with this. This is a good drink. But don't go late because we, as we found out on our last trip, they do run out. And when they run out, there's no more. We we bought the last two Tipsy Ducks in Love sold in Epcot on the day we were there. And for whatever reason, I was more proud than I've ever been on a Disney trip. All right. So the first thing I've got on my list, and it's kind of a tie for me here, is the Dole Whip and or Citrus Swirl. I, I go back and forth on this. I had the Citrus Swirl last time we went. Had the Dole Whip the time before that. I like them both. Obviously, people are going to have their preferences. If you like pineapple, you're going to love the Dole Whip. If you can get a Dole Whip, you know, with a with a rum floater, that's that's even better. But you will not get that at Magic Kingdom. But but yeah, for me, Dole Whip and or Citrus Swirl is is definitely something you can't miss. I f- I feel like Dole Whip is getting to be available a lot more places now. Yeah, Dole Whip's available now in all four parks. And in resorts. And that's it, due to its popularity. So, Pete, you're not alone in your love for the Dole Whip. I, I will say, I me personally, not a huge fan. I think there's other directions to go, but I can't 
I can't knock it because, you know, for obvious reasons, people are uh, clamoring to get another Dole Whip. You want to hit? You want to hit another one now too? Sure. So the next thing that I've got on my list is something that's kind of only available during food and wine, but you can get a close approximation of it year round, and that is the lobster roll at the American Adventure Pavilion during food and wine. I, I don't know what it was about these. They were not as big as you can you can also get a lobster roll at Columbia Harbor House at Magic Kingdom. The lobster rolls that we got at the American Adventure Pavilion were not as large as the ones at Columbia Harbor House, but they just seemed a lot better. I don't know if it was because the bread was warm, it had just been toasted, and I I don't know exactly what it was, but they seemed to be so much better than than the ones you would get at Columbia Harbor House. Here's my theory. I don't even know what you paid at Columbia Harbor House, but I think you probably get a lower quality lobster, maybe older uh, than you get at Food and Wine. Because one, Food and Wine is one of Disney's largest, I guess, turnouts at Epcot. For the locals especially, Disney World is not like Disneyland where it's primarily locals. I think Disney World is probably more tourist. And to, to piggyback on here, the lobster roll, and I put specifically during Food and Wine, is one of my most favorite things that I've still have not stopped thinking about since that October, that uh, that October day that we went through <laughs> Epcot. But I would imagine the food and wine was a higher quality lobster than what you get every day at the Columbia Harbor House. Well, and I think that they serve more of them too, right? So the food's not sitting around. And I'm not saying that Disney's food's sitting around for a long time, but yeah, just for some reason, the, the quality was a lot better at food and wine than what I got at Columbia Harbor House. And that's not to say that what I got at Columbia Harbor House was bad because it was definitely satisfying and I definitely enjoyed it. And if you don't have the option of going during food and wine, you know, definitely get it from Columbia Harbor House. But yeah, if you're there during food and wine, go hit up the, uh, go hit up the American Adventure Pavilion and get that lobster roll. I will be doing it uh, next time I'm at Disney World probably because I'll be in close to the, close to the food and wine window. My next one is something that you would actually have to go to a sit-down restaurant to get, unless you're staying at the Polynesian, which you could get room service to your room with this. They are the pot stickers. Some people call them wontons when you eat dinner at Ohana. I think they're quite possibly one of the best things you get at that dinner. The first time I went, it was like, oh, I'm not going to have anything but steak, chicken, shrimp. But now that I've gone a couple times, I enjoy the experience a little bit more. I don't try to stuff myself so much that I have to roll out of the restaurant. And I enjoy the pot stickers too much these days. And the group that we went with, I told we ate a disgusting said, amount of pot stickers. And I and I felt bad because I told the guy, I said, guys, this is this is one of my favorite things here. And I our waiter just kept piling them. I mean, twenty at a time, just kept bringing them. Yeah, we got we got refills on those things at least twice. Which which that's 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 part of enjoying Ohana though. And so. This is, it has to be on my list. You need to go to Ohana. You have to try this because you will not be disappointed. No, I, I agree. I think these are phenomenal. And, and I agree. These were kind of one of the highlights of that, of that meal. The steak's good. The chicken's good. The shrimp is good. But I, I, I don't know. I thought you were going to say the noodles were good. <laughs> For me, they all kind of pale in comparison to these pot stickers. These are, these are phenomenal. I guess I'll go ahead and hit, a, hit another one here. And I had to bring in my wife for a little help on this one because, and I've told the story before, we had like 11 or 13 snack credits between my mom and my wife and I on our last day at Disney World. We were at the Magic Kingdom trying to figure out a way to use them. And we went back to 
like the storybook storybook circus area where there's big top souvenirs. And we were just walking. We were actually going in there for. I can remember going in for air conditioning and a bottle of water, and we f- find the little treats section, the big top treats inside. And I asked, "Is that chocolate peanut butter cookie a snack credit?" And Letty said, "Yeah." And so I, I used a snack credit. I got one. We were all obsessed with it. So on our way out, we actually hit Main Street Bakery and grabbed like twelve more to use all our snack credits up. So if I'm going to spend that many snack credits on something, it's got to be good. And if you are a if you are a Reese's or chocolate peanut butter fan, and also a fan of cookies, it is it's the largest cookie you'll ever eat. And we had them, you know, we, we drove home, had them at the house a couple days, and, and they, they, they remained tasting good. So I um, I did a number on those cookies. I don't know that I've ever had these before. I'm, I'm getting hungry well, thinking about them, though. In our last trip, you and I did Magic Kingdom kind of flip-flopped, just based on how the plans worked. I didn't get one, but by the time you got there, we were we were running around trying to knock out attractions, so I didn't even think about it. But I'll, I'll throw, throw you a couple here, see what you got. All right, I'll have to I'll have to try uh, I'll have to try that next time I'm in Magic Kingdom. So I want to go over to Magic Kingdom as well for this next one. You do have to get a reservation for this. It's a difficult reservation to get, although I think less so now that it's gone to two table service credits. And that is the gray stuff at Be Our Guest. Uh, this is a cookies and cream flavored panna cotta. It's not I, I, it's not overly sweet. It's just really good. And I and I think maybe part of it is where you are eating this. You know, you're in Beauty and the Beast eating gray stuff, but it really is a good dessert. And it's something that, you know, every time I go to be our guest, I try to get the gray stuff. So we had a we had a, a rule here where we, we could not say like an experience that was great. It was much more about the food. This one to me, because of where it's at, you have to you have to factor in some of the experience that makes it fantastic. But I, I don't dislike it. I know some people think it used to be better. Some people think they used to get more. But and that may be true. Go, it's the only thing I want to get. And maybe it is the Beauty and the Beast movie scene. And maybe it's all that inside of me that makes me want to order the gray stuff because it's delicious. But I don't know. I, I think it's really good. I think Disney has perfected it because it's not overly sweet, as he mentioned. It's not overbearing. It's kind of the perfect amount of finishing up my meal here. And it can be quick service lunch. You can get it. Or it can be at dinner. And so, it, you know, at dinner, yeah, definitely. I, I have not done dinner there, but quick service lunch, they have the gray stuff as well. And uh, it's delicious. And and I'll say that it's, you know, it not being overly sweet. And, you know, you're eating at Be Our Guest. So Be Our Guest is a very rich meal, be it lunch or be it dinner. You know, it's a, it's a lot of very rich food. And so, yeah, having this kind of lightly sweet baked cream, it, it finishes your meal really well. And I think that's why I kind of like it so much is, is because it does go so well with that meal. And and it's delicious. So I guess another dessert that I can talk about, and I haven't had this in several years. I guess it's probably been seven at this point. I ate with a couple of friends at Raglan Road at, at Disney Springs a couple of years back. And Raglan Road is the is the Irish pub. And I've had bread pudding a couple of different places at Disney World, including at Ohana. But I think that Raglan Road has the best bread pudding at Disney World. If you like bread pudding, get get this Raglan Road bread pudding. So we listen to our listeners, and they tell us that the debate episode episodes, I guess, that we've had are not easiest to listen to. But I'm going to have to disagree with you. 
So bread pudding is kind of it, it was new in my life because of Ohana. So it's like your it's like your first love. So nothing's ever going to top the bread pudding at Ohana. I have not actually had the one at Raglan Road, but the bread pudding at Ohana and and this is one on my list so we can go since we're talking about bread pudding, we'll go ahead and knock that off, but I think I think I guess I'd say this. Bread pudding at Disney World anywhere you get it is probably going to be fantastic. So you don't have to go to Ohana to do it. You could knock out the pot stickers and the bread pudding if you do Ohana. But it, it is something I highly recommend. I did read recently that you can go to the bar at Ohana and order just the bread pudding. And they will give it, they'll serve it to you just as they would. It, it will not be unlimited, but they'll serve it to you just as they would at the restaurant. But bread pudding in general at Disney World is fantastic. Well, and you have a lot of options to get bread pudding at Disney World. You've, you've got Raglan Road and Ohana, obviously. Boma also has a bread pudding. And I think 1900 Park Fair has a bread pudding as well, as well as Chef Mickey's. Uh, so so you do have a couple of, of different ways you can get bread pudding. I, I agree with you. Wherever you go, it's fantastic. I don't know. I've had both the Ohana and the Raglan Road. The Raglan Road is just, it. it's so much richer. See, it's kind of hard to describe. It's been that long, I wish you would have them back to back. Because you just yeah. had Ohana, and I could probably go to Raglan Road and say, hey, this is really good, but Ohana's a little better. If I'd have to have them true taste test sitting right next to each other, and that's probably never going to happen. So, it could. Uh, we'll it could. agree to disagree, I guess, here. All right. So I'm going to, again, if, you're, if you've listened in the last like three weeks, you've probably heard me reference or the guys joke with me that I have an obsession with chicken nuggets and fries. I know this is not going to be impressive to anyone, but it has to be on my list for the top 10 things you can eat or drink at Disney World because I never go to Disney without getting chicken nuggets and fries. There are other things on this list I can go to Disney and not get, but the chicken nuggets and fries are not one of them. But there is a caveat here. You have to get the honey mustard in packages. They have little, they have like little, you know, dipping cups. Yeah, little dipping cups, rip off top honey mustard. That's the one you have to get. I know they have it at the ABC commissary. I know they have it at Cosmic Rays. That has to be the, if you don't get that honey mustard, you're wasting your time. And I've seen someone from the Mindu Disney trip order two chicken nuggets and fries, load up on the honey mustard. And devour them both. That's how good it is. That's how good it is. I don't hate this. I don't hate this at all. Because when you think about theme park food and, and classic theme park food, like this is it, right? And and it's it's good. Disney does it right. After after our long day at Epcot and our long night at Epcot, when we got to Hollywood Studios that next day for lunch, like this was all I wanted was was chicken chicken fingers and honey mustard. And I think, honestly, out of the four of us that went to Hollywood Studios that day, every single one of us got chicken fingers and fries. I mean, we needed lunch for one, but yeah, I so I, I knew you got him. And, and the other buddy we were with, I didn't see his meal, but you would know. And then obviously me and me and my buddy that came, we, we were doing Twitch for Mania and then we, we came over for two guys. We were three uh, chicken, chicken nuggets and fries. So I asked Pete prior to the episode, is it okay for me to put this on there? And he said, I'd be disappointed if you didn't. So... But no, I don't. I don't hate this at all. I I think that the the honey mustard is definitely key, though. You have to get the correct honey mustard, otherwise it just it doesn't work. So and and like you said, I know that it's available at I know that it's available at ABC Commissary. I know they have it at Cosmic Rays. You can get some bad honey mustard at Disney World, and and you want to you want to stay away from that. You want to make sure that it's in the dipping cups, and you may even want to ask them before you order your meal what type of honey mustard they have because that really is a deal breaker to me. Listen, we went to Casey's Corner 
And we all Ugh. ordered fries and then realized they didn't have the dipping cup honey mustards. I almost walked my Casey's Corner over to Cosmic Rays. I mean, I would, I, what am I going to do with these fries without the honey mustard? Well, you know how I feel about Casey's Corner to begin with. Not my favorite place in the world. We had a good time I, at Casey's Corner. Yeah, but I just, there's something about standing in line for an hour and a half to get a hot dog that just, that just bugs me. Well, you're doing it wrong if you're standing in line for an hour and a half. Well, not anymore. You've got use that mobile ordering now, right? Amen. Absolutely. So let's go back over to Epcot. This is not a seasonally available drink. It is available year-round at the American Adventure Pavilion, and that is the Red Stag Frozen Lemonade. Now, I started drinking Red Stag when I was in college, so I've always been partial to Red Stag, which Red Stag is a is a cherry-flavored bourbon made by Jim Beam. For some reason, these these the the cherry and the bourbon and the lemonade just they pair perfectly together. And I think I can honestly say this is this is either number one or very close number two of my favorite drinks at Disney World. I, I wish you could see my face because I would there's another drink on the list I don't want to ruin that we both have. So let's just dive into the Red Stag Lemonade. There's something about when you get to the US of A, you know, the American pavilion, that it's very refreshing. Whether it's the Florida heat, whether it's the variety of different drinks you've you've probably partaken in or different foods you've eaten. Or if you're getting a lobster roll, it pairs well with it for whatever reason. I personally am not a fan of Red Stag in my personal life. But with this drink, Pete, you have a point. It Disney has, they have perfected the mixture. It is a frozen drink, which again is not typically either really, it's not really either of our styles. No, neither one of us really likes frozen drinks all that much. And, but it's... It's one of the must get. It's one of the must get drinks if you're going through the World Showcase. So, it was not on my list, but I can't fault you for this one at all. And I agree. There's it. It is. It it works really well if you're going to eat at the American Adventure Pavilion. I mean, it's lemonade. So, what American food can you get that doesn't pair well with lemonade? You know, you get a burger and fries. You can drink lemonade with that. You get a lobster roll. You can drink lemonade with that. So, yeah, it pairs really well with whatever foods you're eating at the American Adventure Pavilion. And you know, and if you're if you're gonna get a drink in America, and your choice is between this and a Budweiser, come on, that's not that hard of a choice to make, I don't think. You know, and the last thing I was gonna say there, I'm not a beer drinker, but a lot of my, you know, everyone who drinks beer says there's nothing like an ice cold beer on a hot day, and that may be true, but when you when you have a a, a Red Stag lemonade, it's not gonna get warm as quickly as a beer does, so you can you can actually drink it pretty slowly. And every one of those beer drinkers got a Red Stag lemonade. Yeah, and you know we we actually. We've done it almost every time. It just happens to be a point where we sit down. We we sit down and whatever you know, maybe we go watch a show. Maybe we just sit and talk. Maybe we get food. There's the hidden bathrooms back there that I claim. Uh, we've watched the show there. America is typically a place we spend a good amount of time, and that that fits well for the Red Stag Lemonade. Which is kind of ridiculous because there's really not a whole lot there if you really think about it. Unless you're going, you know, through the American Adventure, there's really not a whole lot there. So, but yeah, you're right. It it does tend to be a place where everybody, well, where in our group at least, we've we've always stopped, played with the geese a little bit. Well, even at, even as we made our way around, and this is getting off track a touch, but we made our way around the World Showcase last time, and that group that we were talking to it was the NFL playoffs. We were talking a lot of football with the different people. They had a table right next to us, so they chose that that big group chose the same exact spot to take a breather. So mm-hmm. I think that probably happens a lot. Yeah, it's a good it's a good spot to do it. So you were talking about a drink that we 
that we both had on our list. And this is why I say that the Red Stag Lemonade is either first or a very close second, because this could well be my favorite drink at Disney World. And and that's the Blood Orange Margarita from La Cava del Tequila in the Mexico Pavilion. It's fantastic. I mean, I, I've told the story countless times, but if you go left, that's where you're going to start your World Showcase tour in Mexico. They have tons of tequila flavors. They have tons of, well, tons of different tequila and tons of margarita flavors. Pete talked me into this uh, the second time we went, maybe the second time in one day that we went, <laughs> and it was so much better than your original margarita. Well, and I feel like everybody, I got the blood orange, and I think you guys branched out and, and tried other things. And ever since that first trip, everybody's been 100% blood orange, 100% of the time. It, it's they, they've t- they've you know, and this is me talking to Disney employees or cast members rather. They have changed the recipe slightly, but it's still really good. And, and it's it's becoming more popular, right? I mean, when we went this last trip, we waited in. There was a line up the ramp coming from the entrance to the Mexico Pavilion. And and I will say we we hit Mexico at a later hour when that line had formed. We also hit Mexico at the opening hour, and there was again another line. But so it's becoming more popular. More people are learning about La Cava del Tequila and are starting, you know, their their world showcase journey at La Cava del Tequila, which is which is a good thing. It, I think, it kind of de- deserves it because I I think you know they really do have some of the best drinks at World Showcase, and and that's not to say that the other margaritas are not good. La Cava has tequila flights that you can get. They have. All kinds of uh, all kinds of margaritas that you can get there, but I I'll always gravitate back towards that blood orange margarita. And again, I think I've perfected the recipe for this one too. I can get pretty dang close. I'll give you credit on that. And in La Cava, I have no interest in doing a tequila flight. Uh, that just does not. You know, it's like we talked about the beer versus the the Red Stack Lemonade. I you got to go blood orange margarita if you're going to go anything here. Trust us. I'll give the same money back guarantee we gave on the Tipsy Ducks and Love, because uh, it's pretty good. I guess I've got a couple more I'll hit, I'll hit with here, and this one's another kind of basic one. It's a Mickey waffle. I think I forgot how much I love the Mickey waffle, and maybe this is partially kind of my experience one because it is kind of a Mickey, but it's really good. And we we had a Mickey waffle at the Garden Grill, and that was by far the most eaten thing at our breakfast that morning by the group. And you know what the best topping that you can put on a Mickey waffle is? They they bring you, at least at Garden Grill, I don't know if they do it everywhere, but they bring you some warm Nutella, and it's incredible. Oh my God. It looks terrible, but it, it is amazing. So I'm a weird person. Nutella is disgusting to me. So I watched them do this and kind of disgust. I felt like they were ruining the Mickey waffle. But I think in, in general, the entire table enjoyed the Mickey waffles. I think we scared Mickey at one point. Not because of that we were talking about eating Mickey's ears off or anything, but... Well, and I don't want to get like too into cooking, but I think the reason that Mickey waffles are so good, you look at a waffle at some place like Waffle House. Those waffles are really big, right? The Mickey waffles have a lot of, I guess, indentions in them, and so they stay really crispy. So, and I don't know, for some reason, that that makes them that much better to me. I, no, I, I can't argue with you, and that's why it's on my list. And especially if you're going to Disney World, why wouldn't you get a Mickey waffle at some point on your trip? I mean, there's no reason not to. That is the quintessential kind of, you know, you, you talk about a Mickey waffle or a Mickey premium ice cream bar. Those are kind of your two quintessential Disney must-have foods, right? No doubt. 
No doubt about it. So why would you not have a Mickey waffle? And based on our new strategy, we're going to be eating a lot of Mickey waffles every morning before we go into into a park. <laughs> we will because we're going to get in, we're going to be in the parks thirty minutes early. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and another one I had for the list, and this was one again inspired with when I discussed this with my wife because she loves snacks at Disney World and she knows what snacks I like. It's a strawberry shortcake cupcake. It is found at the boardwalk. I've mentioned in the past she's a cupcake connoisseur i guess she searches for cupcakes throughout disney world this is one of the best ones i've eaten i've tried almost every one she's had so i did want to add this to the list as well if you are a sweets fan and you find yourself over the boardwalk go find one of those strawberry shortcake cupcakes you will uh, and split it split it with someone because it is very very rich yeah i mean disney disney cupcakes in general are pretty rich and i've never had this specific cupcake but if it's anything like a uh, a typical disney cupcake it's probably big enough for four people to uh to share you know, I got a milkshake that day, and she got the cupcake, and I think we had kind of sugar rush sweets overload. But we, <laughs> I say that, but we finished everything. So for my next must do, so our our last trip to Disney World again, we split our Magic Kingdom days. So when you guys were at Magic Kingdom, me and a buddy went to Animal Kingdom. We rode all the attractions that we could, got on Flight of Passage, got on Navi River Journey, did Dinosaur, did Expedition Everest. At that point, we were having a really, really difficult time getting fast passes, and the lines were really long. So we went to Nomad Lounge at Tiffin's and had a snack and had a couple of had a couple of drinks, and I got the Kungaloosh Spiced Ale, which is only available at Disney World. If you're a if you're a beer drinker and you like kind of unique beers, this really is a must-have. This was a, a pretty heavily spiced ale. Not a super dark beer, not your typical beer that you would get anywhere. And it's kind of hard to describe, but it, I guess the best description I have for it is, is that it was, it was very heavily spiced. It almost felt like a drink that you needed to drink warm, but it was served cold because it's a beer. And, and I don't know what it was about this beer, but I really, really, really enjoyed this beer. And I think if you're a beer drinker and you enjoy, you know, something other than Bud Light or Coors Light, go to go to Nomad Lounge. And I think you can get this at Tiffin's also and, and order this Kungaloo Spice Ale because it really is fantastic. Tom, I know you're not a beer drinker. I don't think you here. would enjoy this. Yeah. yeah, I've got nothing here. But but I think it really is. It really is a really good beer. And I really did enjoy drinking it. I, I got a couple of them. Um, you know, to read the description, it's it's brewed with sorghum and cinnamon and cardamom. So not what you would typically see in a beer. But yeah, it's I, I thought it was really, really good. Definitely definitely we'll try to get one at least on my on, on every Disney trip from here on out. So and also at Animal Kingdom, we've we've talked about Pandora a lot. We've talked about the food there. In, in particular at Satuli Canteen. I can't say enough about the slow roasted grilled sliced beef bowl. And Tom, I think you got the same thing, right? I did. Yeah. I think we maybe alternated or had different the, the different base of it, but I think in general we got the same thing. So if you haven't been there, you do have a couple of options. You can get sliced beef, you can get chicken, you can get tofu, and I think shrimp too. Is, is shrimp an option? I don't remember shrimp being an option, actually. It, it may not be, but I know you can get beef, tofu, and chicken. So you pick your protein, you pick your base, and you pick your sauce. Bases, they have noodles, rice, and black beans, and then red and sweet potato hash. And then the sauces, they have a creamy herb. I think they have a vinaigrette and, and maybe one other sauce. 
Now, when I got this, I got the red and sweet potato hash and the creamy herb dressing. I have one regret, and that is that I didn't ask for more sauce. I wish that this had had a little bit more sauce on it, so I should have gotten a side of sauce. But other than that, this was the best quick service meal that I've ever had at, at Disney World, hands down. It is the best quick service meal, and I'll tell you that I, too, wanted more sauce. And they kind of have a wait staff that walks around. They're not necessarily waiting on the tables. But I said, is there any chance I could get more sauce? You know, if I need to go up and pay, that's fine. And they brought me more sauce, so the, or more dressing, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. I, I should have done that. I should have done that. But you know, this restaurant was not, it was not overly full. It's because it's so large. I mean, that, that's the only thing I can chalk it up to. Yeah, but it was very clean. I, I, it just was a good experience overall. And the, and the food was, was really good. I use mobile ordering for this, so there was a little bit of a line, but... We didn't have to wait in line at all. We walked up and picked up our food. Now, I also got a rum blossom here at, uh, what's it called? Pangu Pangu. The rum blossom was really good, but it was like green and red and pink. And I didn't I didn't really enjoy the way I looked drinking it. There's a picture of me somewhere drinking it, and I looked just uh, thrilled to be alive. But it, it was really good. A little sweet for my taste. But, uh, you know, if you're in the area, why not? So our our last one we have is one that we both had on our list. Well, I'll let you go first, Pete, because you kind of have a twist on this. So I'll let you lead it off. Yeah, I do. And so I I had had this before at some point, but on our last trip, you guys went back to your hotel room to take showers. The guy that I was with and I went straight over to the Polynesian. And this was the night that we were eating at Ohana. And we went over shortly before Magic Kingdom closed and, and went to Trader Sam's. Now, we started off drinking Mai Tais at Trader Sam's. The bartender at Trader Sam's knows how to make a a fantastic Mai Tai. And we were not in Trader Sam's. We were getting drinks and and walking them down to the beach. After a couple of Mai Tais, we switched over to the Uh Uh-Oa. Now, if you've never had the Uh Uh-Oa before, it's an experience. And uh, what's in the Uh Uh-Oa? So I know there's at least two different types of rum in there. There's like a couple of liqueurs. There's all kinds of fruit juices and spices. And Now, if you order it in the actual bar, so if you order it in Trader Sam's, it comes in this cool, it almost looks like a coconut mug. And they light it on fire and you can throw cinnamon in and the cinnamon sparkles and it's, it's cool. And you guys did this, right, Tom? I did. So my wife and I split this uh, at one point on one of our Disney trips and we did actually order it at the Trader Sam's bar where they do allow you to kind of play with the fire with it. And th- this drink is, I'll tell you, I would never order it because I don't really like sweet drinks, but kind of it's, they say it's for two to four people. So we were like, Hey, it's you know fair price for that. Let's split it. Absolutely loved it. And now whenever I go to the poly, not usually with dinner, but prior to dinner, I do order one of these. And, and we had probably four of them. And I mean, they are, when you order an Oa. If you don't get it in the souvenir cup, they put it in two cups because it, it really is enough for two people to drink, to drink one. And it is an expensive drink. I mean, it costs twice as much as uh, as your standard drink does there. The best way, I guess, what, what did I, I kept describing it as, it tastes like Christmas in a cup. That's a really is good that, way to describe it. Yeah, but it's, but it's not, it's not as sweet as that sounds. No, like, it's not. It's not like a sugar it, cookie. I mean, it's not like. No, a, it's not. So it's it's kind of hard to describe, but I mean anything at, at Trader Sam's is going to be good. But I I would recommend the Oa. Just an amazing drink. Get a couple, go down to the beach, watch the fireworks. Get a couple, kick back, 
before your Ohana reservation or if you're staying at the Polynesian or if you're just visiting the Polynesian. Just a, just a great way to kick back and relax and unwind after a, after a long, hard day of doing Disney. I think that round, I mean, that rounds it out for our list. I'd love to hear if, you know, if anyone else has additions they'd want on this list, right? Yeah, absolutely. We know that you guys have different opinions than us. We know that we miss some stuff that people are going to be like, I can't believe they didn't say the carrot cake cookie or the Norwegian school bread or, you know, whatever. We know there's stuff we left off here. So we'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know what uh, what your favorite foods and drinks are at Disney World, and you know we'll we'll talk about them on the show. We'll tell you why you're wrong and we're right. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't totally mean that. He doesn't totally mean that. Just slightly. Just slightly. All right. Well, so with that, I guess let's let's roll right into the uh, trivia question and uh, secret for the week. Yes, yeah, secret of the night. Uh, did you know the Swiss Family Treehouse is the only attraction at Walt Disney World that has a non-U.S. flag flying permanently? And I say this because Main Street USA is not considered an attraction in Disney World's eyes. I was gonna say because they, they they don't have non US they have non US flags. Correct. Flying. Correct. But if you ever are, are, and I don't recommend you doing the Swiss Family Treehouse. You can probably see the flag aside from doing the attraction. Well, doing what's there of walking the attraction. But yeah, I did think that was kind of interesting that you know it quit, at first glance, especially we have so many folks who visit from outside of our country. They may believe that's a U.S. flag, and it actually is not. It, it is slightly different. So, is it is it a is it the flag of Switzerland or what is it? I, I don't I don't know what flag is actually there. We'll, we'll uh, maybe update you in the next couple of seconds or on the next podcast. I can see Pete's brain working. You can see my you can see my fingers typing. You mean to Google it? I'll go to uh, the trivia question, and then maybe Pete has the answer for us. Trivia question from last week: In Disney World's Magic Kingdom, there are three quote unquote attractions that most guests do not see or do. Can you name them? So it's the Pirates of the Caribbean Treasures of the Sea. That is an interactive scavenger hunt. It's Disney's Phineas and Ferb, Agent P's World Showcase Adventure, which can be found in Epcot. And it is obviously the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. It's a card game uh, that you can do in Magic Kingdom. So those are three attractions that I didn't even know about until I became really recent. I didn't really know about this before I started searching and researching Disney World. Trivia question for this week is a layup. We're hoping to have a lot of participation on Twitter or on email. You can tweet us at podcast or email us at mendoo.com wdw at gmail.com trivia question is what disney world attraction has an animatronic that will listen interact and talk with the guests while they wait in the queue you this may be tougher than i give it credit for because it did kind of disappear at one point that's the hint uh, again you can tweet us at men do wdw podcast or email us at men do wdw at gmail.com and just to uh just to update you it is the swiss flag that flies at the swiss family robinson treehouse bingo bango bongo all right well if nothing else let's go ahead and close it out that's all we've got for this week please tune in next week for some more disney magic look for us on the twitter at men do wdw podcast if you have any suggestions questions or comments please tweet us or email us at men do wdw at gmail.com if you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe and leave us a review it really does help us out thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have your time we'll see you next week